This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Danny Wexelman with Jen Langosh here in person in New York. She covers the Cardinals for MLB.com. Jen, I'm so happy to see your face. It's nice to see you and not just speak to you through a computer, Danny. Um, so yeah, we're coming to you live from basically a brick closet. <laughs> That's right. That's where we record these podcasts with our very fancy microphones um, in a very warm uh, dungeon-like area. Um, but it gets the job done. It's uh, it's raining in New York today. It's cold. It's gross. So we're going to talk about some warmer things, some happier things, maybe, Jen. Yeah, and Danny, only three weeks. Three weeks and camp will be open down in Jupiter. So, like, sunshine is on the horizon. It's there. It's there. Okay, so the first thing that we could talk about is Paul Goldschmidt. And I, I thought we were done talking about Paul Goldschmidt, but we're not done because there's contract extensions already in talks. When he went to the winter warm-up, that was basically the Cardinals were trying to lay a foundation and be like, hey, we don't want you for just one year. We want you for multiple years. And – uh Owner Bill DeWitt likes the idea of Paul Goldschmidt being there for a long time. He likes his character. He likes the kind of ball player that he is. He knows he'll fit in, uh, Jen. So reasons why this won't get done right away, this is like a huge deal for them to already want this and not even have him on the, the team yet, really. Yeah, it's interesting, Danny, because this was this was the expectation all along, right? I mean, the Cardinals don't trade for a guy with one year left on his contract hoping that he can just make an impact for one year and walk away. But it hadn't been specifically spelled out until this weekend when uh, Mr. DeWitt said basically that, that we didn't bring in Paul Goldschmidt to have him as a short-term fit. So the sales pitch has begun, Danny. And one of the reasons <laughs> why they hadn't you know, jumped to extension talks is they want Paul Goldschmidt to experience St. Louis. And that started last weekend at winter warm-up. He and his wife flew into town. He got to experience what it's like to see a mass of Cardinals fans show up when it was literally probably 10 degrees outside <laughs> um, and welcome him to the city. Mike Schilt took uh, Paul and his wife Amy out to dinner for a three-hour dinner on Saturday night. Um, and then, of course, they're you know going to want to let... Did you get the invite, Jen? I didn't get the invite, no. <laughs> I heard about it after the fact. And they're going to want you know to see, let Paul Goldschmidt see what it's like to play at Bush Stadium and in mm -hmm. front of packed house night after night. So... It's part of what I think is going to be a season-long sales pitch to, to Goldschmidt that this is a place he's going to going to want to kind of put roots down for the long term. So I don't think extension talks are going to start necessarily right away, um, but certainly I think they are going to come up at some point during the season, as the Cardinals would love to be able to lock him up before he tests those free agent waters. And another guy who would look and like. A contract extension, which is the thing that we talked about. It happens in spring training. There is always one guy, right, who they, they set out the table and they bring out the all the brass. Uh, Miles Michaelis. Uh, 2020, he'll be a free agent, and he'd like to be locked up with the Cardinals. Yeah, and this does scream to me as a spring training contract <laughs> extension. And you're right. We've had him, um, golly, almost every year. Last year was Paul DeYoung. I mean, mm -hmm. I can think of contract extensions in spring for Yachty and Wainwright and Carpenter and Alan Craig. I mean, the list goes on and on. 
But Miles Michaelis, you know, he wants to stay in this organization. He said over the weekend um, that he would very much welcome kind of the opportunity to negotiate something in spring, in season. He's not putting a deadline on it, Danny, which I think is interesting because you do hear a lot of players say, hey, if we don't have an agreement by the time the season starts, I want those talks tabled. Right. Not Miles Michaelis. So he's a guy who really fits for the Cardinals long term because as you look at their rotation, not only is he going to be a free agent at the end of the year, but so will Adam Wainwright and Michael Walker, and those two are less likely to return. So as you look at kind of who that veteran presence can be in your rotation with around all these young guys, I really think it can be Miles Michaelis. I like that too. I mean, that's, that's a lot of confidence for a guy to be like, we can play through the season and have these conversations. I'm open and willing to hear what you have to say. Maybe it's something about going abroad, Jen, and playing and then coming back that changes your perspective. Probably so. And, you know, he's gone through a lot in his life in the last 18 months. I mean, not only did he come back from Japan, but he and his wife welcomed twins last year that were born premature. And yeah. you know, they were in the hospital for a long time. So, you know, to him, the financial flexibility, security, financial security is a big deal. And he's also also, and let's not forget this, he's from Jupiter, Florida. And so the fact that the Cardinals train in Jupiter. It's a small detail. Yeah, it's a small <laughs> but very significant detail. Absolutely, yes. And when I say small, I mean big. <laughs> <laughs> of course. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Okay, Jen, around the horns, the all the reporters of the teams have been doing these all offseason long. And you have a couple on Cardinals.com right now. But something that we're going to talk about here, I don't think you have left field. Not yet. Okay. Next week. Left field is coming, but we're going to give you a little teaser. Uh, Marcelo Suna is recovering right now from off-season shoulder surgery. And uh, his status is unknown. A little TBD. Is that that fair to say? It is. Okay. His status is unknown right now. But something that you have been talking about a lot and writing about a lot is Jose Martinez. So all offseason wondering if he would get traded, what his value was on the team and off the team, what he could bring them, right? And where do you get a guy, reps, who has a great bat, but there's not necessarily room for him on the field, but potentially maybe there is room for him. Yeah, this is going to be interesting, Danny, because I was pretty certain Jose Martinez was going to be traded this offseason until about – two weeks ago. And then certainly after talking to folks within the organization at winter warmup last weekend, it sure sounds like Jose Martinez is going to be on the opening day roster for the 2019 Cardinals. So yeah, the question becomes, where does he play? Mm -hmm. I think there's a few ways the Cardinals intend to get him involved. I mean, obviously number one and probably the the most prominent is he's a backup option to Dexter Fowler. And while the Cardinals are committed to Dex, there's no guarantee that he's going to be able to regain his form. Um, Jose Martinez, I think, is going to get a lot of starts against left-handed pitchers. And so when there's a left-handed starter opposing the Cardinals, they're going to find a way to get him in there. I think the wild card in all this, and to tie it back to Marcelo Zuna, is we might see Jose Martinez in left field a little bit. And, you know, the Cardinals were disappointed that Ozuna chose to do his rehab down in the Dominican Republic mm-hmm. instead of in Florida near the Jupiter Complex where the Cardinals could have kind of had their eyes on him throughout the offseason. And, and that's he could common, have worked. right, Jen? Yeah. He, a lot of your them- guys to be closer to where you have the facilities and yes. your people. Yes, and a lot of rehabbing Cardinals go down to Jupiter or will at least check in periodically during the offseason – Marcel is an exception. So there is some uncertainty as to exactly how well he is recovering. Um, It just so happens that John Mozalak, president of baseball operations, is heading to the Dominican Republic this weekend to attend a graduation ceremony at their DR Academy. 
that's on Sunday. On Monday, he's going to head on over to Marcelo Zuna's house and check on Marcel and kind of get a little bit of an update. But, you know, reality is the Cardinals probably aren't going to know what they have in Ozuna until they get to spring training and right. see him start baseball activities. But if he's slowed a little bit or limited going into the season, I do think Jose Martinez may be a little bit more of an option in left field. And that's a huge deal that John Mozeliak is is making uh, an extra detour it to is. go see him. It is, and it speaks to, uh, again, the level of concern that the Cardinals have in, in kind of where that rehab is. Um, but also it'll help them kind of game plan for what's ahead because last year, Danny, it wasn't until Ozuna showed up in spring that they realized – uh-oh, this guy has some issues with his arm, and how are we going to monitor that? So this maybe gives him a little bit of a heads-up as to what's ahead. Okay, Jen, so that, that says a lot to me, and that should say a lot to, to the Cardinal fan base as well, that it's important that he's being checked on. Obviously, the organization cares about Marcelo Zuna, but also cares about making sure they don't rush him back because he decided to, to not um, rehab in Jupiter and make sure that – He's doing what they need him to do, basically, right? And it also speaks to why they're not just giving away Jose Martinez in a trade, Danny. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they, there's been a lot of interest in Jose, but a lot of teams came calling thinking that they could just kind of get him for nothing because the Cardinals didn't have an obvious fit for him. Cardinals don't need to give up Jose Martinez. Yeah. I mean, he is, since he came up in 2016, you could argue he's been their best offensive player. Yeah. So this is not insignificant that they have a guy on the bench in him, in Jose Martinez, that can fill in if needed. Yeah, and we talked about Jose going to uh, an AL team, being a nice DH fit somewhere, but obviously the Cardinals found value in him enough to be like, not yet. It's not the time. So this actually may pay off for them in the long run if Osuna's not ready to, to start opening day. Yeah, they might need him. They might find out that Jose Martinez is, you know, maybe, not an, everyday, yeah, maybe not an everyday player again, yeah. um, but a regular, a regular out there on the field. That's huge, Jen. That's huge. So we're not going to get too into it, but you did just yesterday uh, get into the middle infield. Um, and you highlight, obviously, Colton Wong, Paul DeYoung, um, up the middle. Those are two guys who are expected to come back and just continue to grow and get better defensively. Obviously very important for them to be more consistent up the middle and, and with their bats. I think they showed a lot of promise last year and haven't really even reached their potential. Yeah, I think to hit on them really quickly, like for Colton, the biggest question for me is can he stay on the field? You look at his yeah. last three seasons, he hasn't made more than 100 starts at second base. And, you know, the Cardinals are committed to him. But can he stay healthy and can he stay productive enough to be their everyday second baseman? I think that's the key. You slide over to Paul DeYoung. You know, can he be the offensive player he was as a rookie and the defensive player he was as a sophomore? If he can kind of put those together, he'll really be the complete shortstop that the Cardinals thought they had in him. All right. So Cardinals.com to read that article around the horn. Uh, Jen goes in great depth. It's a great read. Next gen uh, and last is is uh, a fun one, I think. So we didn't get a chance to really dive too deep into this, but at uh, the Cubs convention, uh, Chris Bryant will set the table for you. Chris Bryant with Ryan Dempster doing like a little bit of a late night uh, show and uh, St. Louis gets brought up in the conversation and Chris Bryant says it's it's a boring place and Ryan Dempster goes into detail about how 
Uh, he put he would never ever want to go there no matter what he would never want to get traded there or picked up by them um, and the comments went viral I talked to Jordan Bastian about this and he said they weren't even in the room for that so he, that happened on Saturday night he didn't know until Sunday that those comments were made they went viral and Yadier Molina of course the face of the Cardinals when it comes to standing up for his team and being there took offense to what Chris Bryant said. And he went on Instagram and stood up for his team and his teammates were liking his post and whatnot. Um, but basically, Yadi was like, you don't disrespect my hometown, where I play, and, and the people that I play for. And it kind of, you know, Yadi's like, I can't wait to see these guys next year. They face each other May 3rd at Wrigley for the first time. Jen, what did you hear about this? Yeah, it's really funny, Danny, because this took on like the legs that you never thought it would. <laughs> yeah. And it just so happened that Cubs convention overlapped with Cardinals winter warm up. So plenty of time to ask players for the reaction to this. <laughs> um, you know, Yachty's there's some, there is their emotional leader, no yes. doubt. And that's a great word for it. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, hopefully Yachty realized that the Brian's comments were in jest. I mean, it was a comedy show. Definitely. Regardless, I think he wanted to kind of put his foot down and somebody, one of the players, one of his teammates, maybe said it like said it best when he said, "You know, Yadi's job on the field is to protect home plate. What he did over the weekend was protect his home." Dang. And so gives me chills. Yeah, and it, you know, I think for Yadi, it was just a moment for him to be like, "Hey, you know, I know the Cubs have kind of taken over in the NL Central. They've jumped the Cardinals the last couple of years." But we're not gonna we're not gonna take this any longer. And so, yeah, I mean, he comes out and calls them stupid players and losers. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, what's funny is then to watch the reaction to it. You see Matt Carpenter post fire emojis. You saw Marcel Ozuna put some poem about cats and lions, and yep. it made no sense, but it was hilarious. And I love that you're talking about emojis right now yes. too. Like oh, the yes. emojis are the relevant part of this story. <laughs> emojis everywhere. Yachty <laughs> deep in the comments. I mean, he, he was putting poop emojis. I mean, it was. It just, it took a life of its own. Even John Brebbia, the always likable John Brebbia was asked about it and in jest said, well, cry me a river loser in, <laughs> in response to Chris Bryant. So it's kind of fun, but I do think what comes out of this, Danny, is, you know, we asked Yadi about it a couple days later. You know, is this going to carry over? Or was this just kind of something funny that happened over the weekend? And dead serious, he said, oh, it's going to carry over. So as you noted, May 3rd, Wrigley Field, yeah. the first of 19 Cubs Cardinals games this year. I think there's going to be a little added electricity, and Chris Bryant might hear some um, boos a little bit louder than he's used to when he <laughs> makes his first trip to St. Louis. I see some um, lightning lightning strike emojis in <laughs> yeah. the future, more fire emojis, and I, I love it. I think it's great. I think it gets people excited, that rivalry, and kind of gives – you know, I always say, Jen, I, I obviously liked the Paul Goldschmidt deal, but I, I love when there's a guy on the team who can light the fire – and Yachty quietly does that sometimes, and then he does things like this. And that's really what I love to see. I want to see you fired up about your team, your team that is um, consistent and does things by the book for the most part. They're, they don't have these outrageous characters on their team, which is a good thing, but I also think sometimes it's nice to see them get fired up and show that side of themselves. So I like that. And I think, I mean, I think it's a product of how excited and confident this group is going yeah. into the season. I mean, they're thrilled. Teammates are thrilled to have Paul Goldschmidt yes. on their team. They are thrilled to have Andrew Miller in their bullpen. And quite honestly, Danny, you look up at what Chicago's done and it's been near nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, the Cardinals feel really, really good about how they're positioned in this division. And once again, they're tired about hearing Cubs, Cubs, Cubs. Yeah. 
they want to take over the NL Central, and they certainly want to take back um, whatever their rivals have taken from them the last couple of years. It's going to be such a good division. I mean, I, just getting to talk to you guys, it, even the Reds, you know, Mark Sheldon said, you know, the Reds may come in fourth this season. And I said they might, but it doesn't mean they're they're fourth worst. They're going to be a good team. It's just the other teams have been playing together with their guys for a long time. But I don't think the Reds are going to be a bad team this year. I don't think no. they're going to be steamrolled at all this season. No, and it's the one division in baseball that doesn't have a rebuilding team. That's right. Um, so, I mean, you're right. Everybody's going to be competitive, maybe some more so than others, yeah. but um, there's going to be no gimme wins in this division. No, no. And, okay, so last note on Yachty. He'll likely be ready for opening day. Um, and, Jen... Something that came out of the winter warm-up was uh, he was talking about a contract. So last season, he said he wanted three years. He wanted to be done in three years, done playing. And this year at the winter warm-up, he said, listen, after 2020, I'm open to to a new contract only with the Cardinals. If the Cardinals decide to do that, I will play more. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, a little bit of a surprise because you're right. I mean, it was at winter warm-up last year, so 12 months ago, when he was just getting ready to start this three-year contract, this kind of the, the extension, and he did. He was very adamant, like, that's it. This is going to be the end of my career. So he has changed his tune a little bit here. Now, the key is going to be how he feels this year. And as you mentioned, he's going through this recovery from knee surgery. It's a little interesting. The Cardinals totally downplayed the surgery and said he was going to be fine within a couple weeks. It's not quite been the case. He yeah. said he, you know, he estimated he's at 50% health. He, you know, expects not to play in games until probably the second week of March. He's not going to catch bullpens early in camp. So and he's 36 and he's 36. So there's maybe a little bit of a concern as to when exactly he's going to be healthy, but if he can get past the rehab and back on the field and feeling good, and can put together a season this coming year like he did last year and still feels young enough to play this game, then, yeah, he wants to entertain maybe coming back. But as you noted, only with the Cardinals. I mean, that's yeah. something that he's very um, definitive and sincere about. And, I, and it is. It's going to depend on his health and how good he feels. I don't think he's just going to come back to come back. But yeah. if he feels like he can still be a productive catcher in this game and if perhaps he can kind of augment that potential Hall of Fame resume, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Yadier Molina in a Cardinals <laughs> uniform for a little longer. I mean, he's ageless, right? He like, is. He just, 30, what's 36? I know. He's it's really am, it's like remarkable. 26, honestly. I wouldn't be surprised, Jen, either, if uh, we see Yachty for a few more years. And I don't think anyone would be mad about that, as long as he's producing and, and contributing to the team, which I could, I could see him doing. And it's one reason why the Cardinals, you know, gave up Carson Kelly, right? I mean, at some yeah. point it was like, yeah. there's just not going to be playing time for Carson Kelly with the way Yachty is going. So, you know, maybe at some point he pulls back, starts a little bit less, and, and you get somebody else involved. But for right now, I have... Honestly, I have no reason not to expect Yachty to start 120, 130 games at there age 36. Go. There it's we amazing. go. The lights have now turned off in the booth that we are recording our podcast, so I think it means it's time to go. It's the second time, Jen. What do you think? Probably so, Danny. Do we get it all? I think so. Okay, Jen Langosh live in New York City with me. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Cardinals.com for middle infield preview. Next week, left field is coming from Jen. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. With Jen Langosh. I'm Danny Wexel, and thank you guys so much for tuning in. <laughs>